Well, welcome and thank you for listening to the Jesus Everyday Podcast, a podcast where we're journeying through the scriptures, starting in Genesis and ending in Revelation, looking at how we find Jesus every single day in the text. This podcast is produced by Fellowship Community Church. Well, welcome to the Jesus Everyday Podcast, where every word, thought, verse, and chapter points us to the person of Jesus. My name is Ethan Callison, and I'm grateful for you to listen in and engage in God's Word, because when we get in God's Word, God's Word gets into us, and God's Word comes out of us as we live our lives here on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, we are continuing in the study through Ecclesiastes. Today, we're going to be in chapters 5 through 7, so if you haven't done so, go ahead and pause this and read chapters 5 and 7, and then come back, and we're going to jump in to this. So today we're going to be looking at finding our contentment in Christ. Uh, as we, we've read leading up to it in this book of Ecclesiastes, we see that Solomon had a lot of wealth, he had a lot of prosperity, and he looks at all these things and says that's all in vain. It doesn't amount to anything because one day I'm going to die and it's not going to be worth anything to me. It's going to actually be someone else's is what one of the ways that he kind of will, will phrase it, but rather to find our contentment in Christ. So here in chapters five, uh, I want to look at two verses. The first is in is verse two. He says, "But not rash of your with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God, for God is in heaven, and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few." I think it's interesting as Solomon writes these words. He's really saying like, "Don't let the uh, the time or the season that you're living in, don't let that speak or flow from your mouth, but kind of pause, reflect." And look at the grander plan that we, you know, we kind of looked at yesterday. Look at the grander plan that God has for you. Nor, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. Uh, I think even when we look at this, we can look at Job's life, where Job has a conversation with God, and God will be asking questions, you know, like, did you make the earth? Did you make the animals? Did you make all this? And Job reflects, like, well, no, I didn't. And God's getting at with Job there is like, I am the creator, and I am in the power. I am over all these things. And that's what Solomon's kind of getting at here. He says, uh, do not do not get in this place where you think you're higher or mightier than God because you're not. But he says at the end, he says, therefore, let your words be few. Now, I think that this is pretty ironic because Solomon wrote thousands of Proverbs uh, or thousands of sentences. He was a man that was very well versed and he said a lot. And yet he says, therefore, let your words be few. Now, in this, there probably were a lot of people that, because of Solomon's wisdom, uh, that wanted him to pass on things from generation to generation or to transcribe or to write things. And also, because he is a king, he does have to write things. But I find it interesting that this wise man says, let your words be few. I got to thinking about even just in that, like I remember my dad telling me, Ethan, you have one mouth and two ears because you should speak, uh, you should listen twice as much as you speak. And so as we see this, Solomon's saying, when you're looking at your relationship with Christ and, and your relationship with God, let your mouth speak slower than your ears hear. Then he continues in verse 12. I think this is pretty interesting. He says, sweet is the sleep of a laborer, whether he eats little or much, but the full stomach of the rich will not let him sleep. When, you, when we look at this here, he says the laborer, whether that laborer eats a lot or eats a little, he sleeps well at night. But the rich who have a full stomach, they will not let the laborer rest because they're always in a discontentment. They're always wanting more, 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 more. In America today, I think that's really what, what the world is getting at us. You should want more, more of this, more of that. 
was even reading a study the other day that was uh, looking at the proportions of the Americans, uh, American spending habits. And it was like in the 1970s, uh, based upon America's budget, uh, it was like 40% of the uh, the American income went towards housing. And it was like 30% of the American spending went towards clothing uh, because clothing was so much more expensive. They had less clothes, but it was so much more expensive. And then it was only like 10% of the American household actually went to what I would say is frivolous things or ability for free spending. And now it's it's changed and it's like 60% of America's uh, spending habits are on frivolous free spending things. But yet we would say like, man, I just don't have enough money for this. I don't have enough money for that. Because we've we've actually been bought by the, the lies of the world that you need to have more, you need to have more. And it says, but the full stomach of the rich will not let him sleep. And you're being owned. We are being owned. We get consumed by the world that says, you need more of this. You need more. And you can't sleep. We can't rest because we can't be content in what we have in Christ. We're not content with the way that our lives look. We're not content with the house that we own. We're not content with the job that we find ourselves in. We're not content with the way that our kids are acting. We're not content with whatever you fill in the blank. We're not content because we're not content in Christ but we're always wanting more. I love technology. Uh, it's a it's a joy of mine. I love uh, iPhones. I love, I'm a huge Apple fan. So I know a lot of you are probably already getting ready to start turning this off because you're like, man, I'm an Android fan. Um, but I just love the seamless way that even as I look right now, I have an iPad that I'm reading from. I have my iPhone sitting next to me and there's a Mac, MacBook that's sitting next to that. Um, but in that, the world, Steve Jobs and Apple did an incredible job of saying, you need the next one. You need the next one. And when we look at it, when I buy a new phone or if I get a new piece of technology, yeah, the, the cool, the, the bells and whistles of it, they wow me for about two, three months, and then it goes away. And that's kind of what this text is getting at here. But the full stomach of the rich will not let him sleep. We're always in this discontentment of wanting more. So where do we see Jesus at in this? One of the ways I, I think that we see Jesus is that we are to find the, our contentment in him. And in Paul's writings to his protege, Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 10, this is what, what Paul says. He says, but godliness with contentment is a great gain. I, I highly encourage you to put that verse to memory. That's 1 Timothy 6, 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Some of us have almost committed this verse to memory, and we think that it's the love of money, or that, that money is the root of all evil, but it says the love of money. It's not a sin to be rich. It's not a sin to have money. It's a sin for the money or the possessions to become the idolatry, what's consuming your heart and what you're longing after. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Pursuing the righteousness of Christ that he has for you in your life, that brings forth contentment and great gain. So I hope you enjoyed today's podcast as we looked at Ecclesiastes chapter 5 through 7. Join us tomorrow as we'll look at chapters 8 through 9.